Hello and welcome to my podcast on Stanislavski. What I thought I'd do is give you a taster of some of the methods and techniques that Konstantin Stanislavski used and see if these can be applied in your research and in your lessons. Now, Stanislavski's method insists that to create a believable character you must build from the inside out. You must always have an inner dialogue going on and these help then to develop the physical characteristics of the person you are going to be playing. Uh, there are a number of, sort of key aspects to what Stanislavski taught and wrote about and, um, and they're very, very detailed and there's many books on those. So what I'll do is just briefly give you an overview of some of those. So the first I'm going to talk to you about is the magic if. The magic if is pretty much the basic principle of, of all acting really and the principle is this quite simply. You imagine if this was to be the circumstance or if you were to be this person in that circumstance what would you do? The if acts as the lever then to lift you out of the real world into your imaginary world. And Stanislavski did appreciate that there's no such thing as actuality, that realism on stage. He wanted to, to create something which was um, comparable, or parallel, something which was the imagination being shown on stage but to represent reality. So what you had to do was use the magic if, or what we have to do as actors is use the magic if to give us that context. So uh, an example might be that if you were to go through a door um, and you acted that out, if you didn't think of what if behind it, it would seem quite arbitrary and quite boring. But if you thought maybe behind the door there was something you needed or that there's a reason for you going through this door and you imagine the if behind that, what if um, you had to get something um, but you knew that there was danger behind the door, how would you behave and how would you act? You use then your imagination to put in all those variables and it makes a scene seem more interesting and more truthful. He also realised though that an actor needs to relax and one of the, again, a key principle of Stanislavski's teaching is the actor relaxing. And often what actors will do is a series of warm-up activities designed to help you relax as well. Because if you're not relaxed you can't give your best performance, you can't think clearly and you can't react and listen and listening is in particularly important in acting. So. This then leads on to something which Stanislavski also called the given circumstances. Now the given circumstances are everything that is a factor within that character's life and that situation. So it might be the plot of the play, it could be facts about the characters, um, what they say about themselves, other people say about them, events, uh, times and places, the conditions of their life, are they poor, are they rich, you know, where do they live in, which part of town, which era, um, the set, 
the costumes, the props, the lighting, the sound effects, everything, all of this feeds into the given circumstances. And Stanislavski said, it's necessary for the actor to develop the highest degree of his imagination. A childlike naivety and tr trustfulness an artistic sensitivity to truth and the given circumstances help with that. So an example might be the kind of naivety you'd see when children are playing etc. They often will play with um, the, you know, their toys or whatever it is and not, can, not be worried about what's going on around them. Um, and, but how do you get that back? How do you create an environment like that? How do you create that situation? Well, one is obviously relaxation. Two is using the if, magic if, to lever you out of that situation to the imaginary world. Then you put in the given circumstances, what's happening, what's the, what are the factors around that, who are you, etc. So maybe if you're like a child in a cake shop or a toy shop, you have to imagine those things. Um, for those that have seen the play Blood Brothers, you have like middle-aged men playing seven-year-old children. Of course, they would have to use the magic gift to imagine if they were that seven-year-old child, um, what kind of attributes would they have? How would they talk? How would they move, etc.? And so you can see how that's really, really important. But like I said a minute ago about this kind of naivety, it's very hard to do that when you're when you're an actor because you're aware all the time that there's an audience watching and that can sometimes make you clam up in your performance. So um, what Stanislavski tried to do was work on another technique called circles of attention. And that idea was that you kind of make a small intimate performance within a small space and then you radiate it out rather like the stones a uh, stone thrown into a pond and that ripples out the idea was that you kind of let that radiate out further as you develop that performance it then communicates and gets bigger within that space but still has the the sense of that truthful smaller performance that you would have in real life and after all that's what Stanislavski wanted to create this the the sense that you were watching a slice of real life. If you were like to take a wall away from a house and look into a house, then you would see real life going on. And it would be kind of like that, us looking in on that. Um, Stanislavski called that the fourth wall. The audience were the fourth wall. They were, you would pretend as an actor that they weren't really there, that you were, in, in a real situation with nobody watching. The opposite to that, as you'll hear in another podcast, is Brecht, who knocked down the fourth wall, if you like, and talked directly to the audience. Um, sometimes Shakespeare did that as well with his, his asides and talked directly to the audience. But, but Stanislavski wanted to create something which was much more um, truthful. And, uh, and this led later on into what, now we call method acting and a lot of really the top actors in the world particularly in film will use method acting to try and really get that sense of truth um, another technique that he used is emotional memory recall and the principle of emotional memory recall is where you think about something that happened in your past and you really try to recreate all the detail of that where it happened, what happened, who said what, where things, where you sort of reflected upon that, perhaps if you were 
you remember being somewhere specific that you recreate every detail about that and eventually what will happen is the emotions of that moment or that day come flooding back to you and you're able to re recreate that whether that's happy or sad or you know or you know whatever emotion comes through on that that would then come through into your feeling as you recreate that emotion and that memory recalling that memory and the the idea was initially by Stanislavski was then to use that to build into your acting so for example if you were doing a play where you needed to be sad about someone passing away and it was uh, you know a, a character so and it was a let's say a fictional character of course to try and find the real emotion of someone passing away when they're a fictional character is is a real stretch for the actor to do so what he hoped would be that you'd think about something that happened in your real life like someone really passing away in your real life and you would equate that and you would then trigger that in your acting performance but what he found out was that was quite unreliable at times because it would be hard to kind of think about that just before you were going in. So you would do the work on that, the emotional memory recall, and then you would find a trigger. So for example, it might be, you know, the chain that somebody wore or the letter that was given, etc. And that was the trigger. Now, in rehearsal, you'd find a way of physicalizing that. He called this the method of physical action. So what you would do is you would rehearse something, thinking about that object that helped trigger that emotion, and the repetition of, re of that within your acting would help to kind of, every time you did that scene, make your body remember the emotion, and it would then hopefully be easier for you to relive and feel the genuine emotion within that scene and that was one of the techniques that he used um, he also uh, used something called sense memory so sometimes the senses recall things and make you feel a certain way so you spend a lot of time with actors training them to remember how things looked or how things saw because if you are on stage of course um, then it's an imaginary world with you know nobody no actor really thinks that the uh, you know that the set they walk into is a real world of course they don't but what they have to do is when they're in their performance try to use their imagination and the naivety to to make it feel like the real world now one way of doing that is to remember let's say you're on stage and you have to remember you think you're in a beautiful part of the countryside well your sense memory exercise in rehearsal would then start building on your memories of being somewhere like that. So if you once you've rehearsed it enough uh, and you remember the feeling, you remember the smells, you remember the look and everything like that, then in your performance uh, you would then be able to have the sense of that automatically because of your rehearsal and because of the processes of remembering that through your sense memory. Um, now, Stanislavski also did this, apart from just those off-text activities, he wanted to work with um, how the actors interpreted the script. So he had this idea that you would have each scene, an objective, um, what did your character want? One of the ways of doing that would be, instead of just reciting the lines, you would express your character's wants. So it might be, I want to get close to whatever it is, and then you would do your lines. Or you might just play all the wants in the scene first, 
and then practice a scene which brought to it um, a kind of a motivation and an object objective within that scene that made it feel more truthful so even though you might not get what you want in the scene the idea is that you know what you your character or you believe what your character would want in that scene uh, you know what's at stake for the character in that scene perhaps even um, and by what you have to do though is kind of pull the script apart because of that you have to find where things change where their objectives change because it's never the same throughout um, you have to look at um, what other people say about you what you say about them so basically you're mining the script you're mining the text for clues about your character and how they might feel about a certain situation looking for the subtext Stanislavski was really big on the subtext, what wasn't said. I mean, that's the thing about acting. I suppose with a novel, the, when you read a book, the author lays it all out for you. But the beauty of a play is actually the actor is the arbiter. The actor is the person who lays it out for the audience. So every performance could be quite different. Depends what you, the actor and the director, want to draw out of that performance. Now... Um, there are other aspects of what um, he did. He um, also wanted to have not just objectives, but the play could then be broken down into units. So almost like smaller plays. Um, what you do is you'd say to the actors in rehearsing a scene, what's this section of the play about? And what they would do is then we'd look at that section and find out where it changes in terms of what it, if it's becoming about something else in this next bit and you'd call that section where it's all about the same theme or topic or issue whatever it is a particular a unit and you'd sum up that unit by giving it a name now if you gave it a name that should then kind of give you the subtext of that scene or give you the the, uh, the 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 vibe the feel of what's going on in that scene and in, again as the cast you can have that in your mind that that is where this section of the text is going also what he said is that um, you have a super objective that means what your character wants at the end of the play what's the overall objective at the end of the play but to get there of course you need to have your objectives in between it's almost like he he equated it to if you want to eat a big turkey what you have to do is you can't just try and take it all down in one go you'd have to break it up carve it up put some gravy on it etc and that was his analogy for um for how this super objective has to be broken down into smaller units and into objectives as well that kind of is really the 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 very basics. I mean, there's much, much more to Stanislavski than I've just told you there. But those are the sort of basic ideas and basic concepts that I think are easy to get to grips with, first of all. So thank you for listening to my podcast.